Hey, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I'm super excited to have John Masari, composer from the 1988 cult classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He's also done incredible scores on films like The Wizard of Speed and Time, Retro Puppet Master, and even had his music featured in Stranger Things and Toy Story 3. If you're a fan of John's work, be sure to follow him on Instagram at john.masari. That's M-A-S-S-A-R-I. And if you're local to L.A., be sure to come check out his awesome New Year's Eve show he's putting on in North Hollywood next month. There are three showtimes, including one at 11 p.m. that includes a countdown to 2022. Tickets are flying and capacity is limited, so be sure to grab them soon. If you're a fan of this podcast, shoot us a follow on Instagram at Kellen's Petty Talk Show to keep up to date on all the new guest announcements and follow us on Spotify and Apple Music to receive new episodes when they drop. Without further ado, grab your cotton candy, walk your balloon animals, and watch out for flying circus tents because a new episode starts right now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. How you doing, John? I'm doing fine. So Good nice to, to have you. you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. So have you checked out any cool movies lately yourself? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I have. Um, I, I actually <laughs> went through Squid Games. I really liked it. I still haven't seen that. Is it good? Uh, I enjoyed it very much. And then uh, my daughters have seen it. And they says, you have to see it in um korean oh really uh with subtitles mm-hmm. so i gotta check that out because the, uh, i want to hear what the voices of the actual actors are mm. which would be fantastic no but i i really i i happen to think um that the korean filmmakers now of the 2020s mm-hmm. are what the italian and french filmmakers were in the 50s and 60s oh okay you know what i'm saying they're yeah, doing things they're telling stories in such a very interesting way yeah um you know i mean we're getting you know, i i just think that's the trend that's the mm-hmm. trend by the way i was kind of mentioned I, I love your t-shirt oh and i love yours oh Where'd thank you, you. Well, mine's, a, mine's a hoodie mine's oh, a, wow, okay. uh, from terror threads i don't know if you can see the back properly oh yeah that's cool Oh, wow. It's got all the characters on it. Um, it's really Ice cool. Cream truck. Threads. I think the secret to any good t-shirt or um, t-shirt or hoodie or sweatshirt or whatever, pajamas, is a good piece of artwork. Oh, absolutely. So this is a really nice piece of artwork. 
uh cavity colors came out with some good stuff that's what i think i'm wearing right now is cavity colors yeah and and they also had a cavity colors has has this epic epic t-shirt that Mm -hmm. i have that uh i I would love to have as a poster the artwork yeah the artwork would be incredible to be uh uh, to have on my wall as a post actually i sort of know devin a little bit i could let him know that oh cool the guy, the guy that does the art for cavity colors yeah he's a cool let guy let me know i tried to commission to do something but he says he's under an exclusive contract oh probably <laughs> yeah i think he actually he's like a super busy dude too i feel yeah. like it's hard for him to even take on anything but right yeah he's he's cool as hell though he lives out here that's awesome um and yeah, out saw, here is out here is where uh la you're los in los angeles yeah i'm in i'm in burbank Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You're in Burbank. Where do you think I am? Are you in Burbank? <laughs> I'm in Glendale. Oh, wow. It's like 10 minutes from here. Perfect. We could be we could be doing this in person. I could literally be walking to you right now. <laughs> Should we reschedule and do it in person? I mean, I, I, I'm cool either way. I just figure most people want to do Zoom because of COVID, you know? Okay, that's fine. All right. Either either way, we'll we'll be seeing each other because, you know, I'm always at all the, the Killer Clowns events. Oh, good. I hope you're going to be able to come to my first music event in a couple of years it's gonna be oh. on new year's eve oh yeah definitely you're doing that for like a couple nights right yeah oh no actually one night three shows oh three shows in one night wow yeah it's a killer clowns from outer space cosplay dance party we're ringing That's in the new cool. year yeah there's uh they started at eight o'clock the last show is at 11 and that's where we uh do the countdown to oh nice like the ball drop yeah um where do you get tickets for that what's what's the venue uh it's zombie joe's underground theater oh cool and that's in uh north North hollywood yeah Yeah. and it's a small venue and i think there's like three shows the the venue can hold 80 people Mm -hmm. so what's going to happen is that all most fans will be like dressed up in costume Mm -hmm. so it'll be a kind of like a costume party halloween party new year's new year's eve party see that sounds fun i'm definitely a bunch of new music bunch of new music bunch of new music that i made just just for this night wow so i'm really excited about it that's sweet um so are there, there are a lot of tickets left or do we have to get them pretty soon here um you know i, I was at the venue uh, last night to see one of the mm-hmm. shows they put on that it was their closing night and okay. they told me we're selling tickets yeah i don't know what that means we're selling tickets so you better buy f- tickets for your friends yeah. i didn't know exactly what that meant i just said oh that sounds great yeah you know that they they're selling tickets so um i feel so like I'm, the best sales tactic is just to say that there's a couple tickets left at all times <laughs> well all i know is that they, they they usually sell out this this place i mean last night yeah it was a show called um it, it, it was some epic drama but it was all cast with turkeys <laughs> and it was a musical that sounds was, amazing and it was brilliant and um it was sold out the wow. place was packed is it a know. small place uh 60 to 80 people oh okay so yeah super handle. small yeah so mine is gonna be maybe a little bit more than that because there's yeah there's um not just the theater but there there's the um the lobby. foyer lobby area that yeah. also looks into the theater area so well, that's gonna be excellent. I'm definitely gonna try to make it to that. Yes, please do. Um, I went to see House of Gucci last night. That was a wild movie. Oh, really? So if you get how, a chance. how was how was Lady Gaga? She was good. That? Yeah, they were all yeah. really good. Yeah, it's uh-huh. just kind of a wild movie. I gotta see that. 
Yeah. Jared Leto was really interesting in his get up. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, so I also watched Retro Puppet Master for the first time during my oh, preparations. You, you did? I did. And I, I thought I had seen that, but I guess I haven't. That's just one of the ones I haven't seen. But uh-huh. Interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, it has an interesting story behind it, too. Well, from my perspective, it's an interesting story. I, I got a call just like the last minute. Yeah. What was it? Let's put the Wayback Machine back to 1999 yeah so in june no 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 in april of 1999 i got a heads up from uh, a director friend of mine named uh, dave dakota and he wow. says i'm going to be shooting one of the installments of puppet master would you like to do it yeah what's it called retro puppet master it's <laughs> the origin story i go that's fantastic yeah. so i um i saw a couple of first puppet master movies and yeah. i said well you know i'm going to be doing it a little different than musically than yeah. the other guys do so i'm going to i had an idea mm-hmm. of how to do it so um by the time i everything was agreed upon mm-hmm. everything was signed and sealed and i started i never ta- never got a chance to talk to the director i just got a, a tape mm-hmm. and the tape didn't have any sound on it at all I didn't know what people were talking about. And at the time, Blue Moon was very difficult to get a call in because they had one central person yeah. answering the call that yeah. didn't really. Ch- and it wasn't until I showed up in person. I figured I got to go, I gotta go in person. And it, was, it wasn't very far from when I, I was living um, in the Hollywood Hills near uh, the Hollywood Bowl at the time. And so it was easy to uh-huh. go down to uh, Hollywood and Vine in the old Broadway building, which is where they had their offices yeah and uh i just the waiting room was full of people with puppets actors um people in costumes hoping to get a meeting to get a job and i'm going she i had to take a number and i go yeah i'm working on one of the shows retro puppet master i can't get a call in i need a tape to compose the music score Mm-hmm. she had no idea what i was talking about she was so <laughs> overwhelmed i finally got a call in i got to go in and i said you got to give me a tape i brought the tape back you got me a tape that has the dialogue on it she says okay we'll get it i yeah. never got it never ever really? got it ever so i just composed music to it and i could never get the director on the phone dave dakota because he was already on another movie yeah he works a lot yeah he yeah. works a lot he was in uh uh, I believe he went to Canada to shoot something and mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk to him about it. He goes, I really don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've worked with him on like several projects. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And so I go, well, can you just answer one question? Cause he just like, it's, as far as he's concerned, it's done. He wanted yeah. to do certain things that they didn't let him do or something like, I don't know. There was something. <laughs> Anyways, I said, this one spot, is it, is the guy saying this or is the guy saying that he's saying yeah. that? Oh, good. Okay it helped a little bit but anyways i did the music for that and i'll just never work for them again yeah that's good (laughs) it's okay that i'm not gonna work for them again i love the creative people that they have working there but um, at the time the way the administration was going where you were just trying to communicate simple things and get simple Mm -hmm. items like i just need a tape i'll figure out how to put the time code on it and all that's no problem 
I just yeah. need to hear what people, the hell people are saying, you know, cause I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So, but it didn't stop me. I still went, I just, I'm going to assume they're talking about this and compose music to it. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't consider, I, I didn't consider that I was going in the blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the opening um, montage with mm-hmm. the extreme close-ups on all those sculptured faces. I would love to have those. Yeah, I don't know cool. how, I don't know how large they were, but they looked massive the way they shot it probably shot yeah. it with a some ultra zoom lens or something like that that they just look bigger yeah, it's a than fun life. opening it, it was very reminiscent of the opening to the lion in winter oh okay, the way they that. did if you see the lion in winter it starts off with a bunch of zoom ins on variety of sculpture and that's where i drew my inspiration from it's called the lion in the winter the, the lion in winter the lion in winter i'm adding that to my letterbox with, um, right now with um peter um o'toole peter o'toole yes Catherine hepburn Catherine hepburn great score by uh, uh john barry i'm always looking for new movies to watch so that's fantastic yeah, that's a good one um, i had yeah. my list here of movies that i did not get a chance to see i have a, actually a checklist oh nice maybe this is it right here you should get letterbox. It's a really good. Here app. it is. Here it is. Uh, end awesome. of watch. I, I and it turns out I have seen Thin Red Line. Okay. Okay. Uh, the last picture show. Oh, I want to see that too. They just played that at the uh, Brain Dead Studio. I haven't seen it. Um, and I know it's supposed to be a horrible movie, but I want to see Bonfire of the Vanities. Okay, I haven't seen that. Now there was another movie that was uh, considered a major big bomb in the early '80s. Richard Gere was in it, uh, directed by the same director who did, um, uh, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Robert De Niro was in it, took place in Vietnam, and uh, The Deer Hunter. Oh, Deer Hunter is amazing. Yeah, so the director of The Deer Hunter directed another big epic movie that just completely fell flat on its face. Oh, wow. And I, I remember seeing it in the movie theater, and I'm just curious to see it again to see. Yeah. If it's still as bizarre as is what it was, uh, Brother Where Art Thou? I finally watched it, and The Innocent. I just watched Brother Where Art Thou for the first time this year too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good Coen movie. Brothers, you never go wrong with the Coen Brothers. You never go wrong. No, no. They just they always have something great going on. Yeah. And then The Innocent, which I think I saw. The yeah, The Innocent. I did see that. That was about um, three brothers that one was abducted and uh, and it follows up that when they were children, one was abducted and it follows their life mm-hmm. when they're adults. Very heavy movie. Extremely heavy movie. I watched Terms of Endearment yesterday. That was that was a sad time. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen that. That's a yes, sad one. I have. And then um, there's another, you know, when you say that, I thought when you said terms of endearment, I was thinking Sophie's choice. I haven't seen Sophie's <laughs> choice. Oh yeah. That's, that's an older one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the frenetic energy that you have going on with retro puppet master. Like it kind of, it kind of felt like killer clowns at times uh-huh. in a good way. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it's hilarious that that guy from the room was in it before he did the room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg Sestero or. Yes. Sestero? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It was fun. So uh, where did your love for music begin? It began when I was a, a, a little kid, just a little boy. And little boy. I was always fascinated with listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. I was convinced, you know, as like a four-year-old or five-year-old, that when you turn on the radio, the, the musicians are at the 
radio station yeah. performing for you. I just that was my uh, that was my belief. Yeah. And uh, I just had, you know, my parents were not musical at all, although they had they would buy records. They always had the radio on and uh, I would just listen to music all at all hours to the point I was driving my parents crazy because they wake up at two in the morning and turn on the hi-fi set. Oh no. Room. So they got me a little radio. So I would just like look at that radio and just yeah. like listen with absolute fascination. I love the Beatles. I really wanted to learn how to play guitar, but mm. uh, my mom got a piano for herself. So I took to the piano mm -hmm. and I think I fell in love with music and film when I went to a triple feature as a kid. So what was that? I saw the, the time machine, mysterious Island and um, journey to the center of the earth. Wow. Yeah. Two of them had scores by Bernard Herwin. And there's a couple of moments in each one of those movies. One, one is there's an establishing shot in mysterious Island There's an establishing shot of the Island. Yeah. Right. And then um, where there's just like this motif that comes out with played by a trumpet. And then there was a similar motif that happened in um, Journey to the Center of the Earth when they mm -hmm. finally lay eyes on the, uh, the uh, mountain that has that was an old extinct volcano that they're going to go into mm -hmm. to uh, do this exploration. There's also the, and for some reason that struck me like a bolt of lightning. And I used to, I was trying to peck that out on the piano when I went home. And mm -hmm. so, um, so later on, I, I discovered that that's actually something someone can do yeah. as a profession is write music. My parents didn't, didn't understand it at all. It was a mystery. And it's still to this day, there are professionals that work in the media industry that music is a mystery to them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's just not something that everyone does. It's a certain, it's a certain uh, uh, commitment you make to creating music that not everyone understands. It's almost like, like being an athlete, the mm -hmm. amount of practice that goes in to be not only competent, but mm -hmm. great and innovative is, is very taxing on time mm -hmm. and energy. And, um, you know, nowadays, you know, people make their YouTube videos, they pull from a stock library of music that was made by people that like really know, you know, some know what they're doing. Some of it's like been way overused and I'm mm -hmm. sure it's very good for the pe person that created it. And I'm guilty of it also. I have uh, music in a number of um, music libraries. One of them is called Extreme Music, which is very good to me, mm -hmm. but they only accept stuff from you that's like really cool yeah you can't just like here do something that sounds like this mm -hmm. you know i'll come to them and says i've this is what i dreamt up and he says that sounds fantastic can you just make this part shorter and that part longer and then repeat this other part and mm -hmm. good okay then we can sell it and so that's part of the industry you know mm -hmm. that you have to be accepting of. but um anyway so i d during my junior high years i played in uh, symphonic band i played trumpet also yeah. played french horn some of the brasses and percussion instruments played piano played jazz piano and big bands wow throughout high school and i was also in a band that played i guess hard rock before it was mm -hmm. called metal and um <laughs> that's where i came up with the killer clowns theme 
Oh, it was when you were in that band? I was like 15. And we wanted to, you know, we were playing Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and all sorts of, you know, we every time Kiss would come out with a new album, we learned the song, you know, our favorite songs on the album at play it. Yeah. School dances. So that's cool. um, I we were going to try to do our own originals. And so I came up with that Mm -hmm. and they just thought it sounded dumb. It's they actually (laughs) said it sounds too jazzy. It oh, sounds no. really jazzy. So, <laughs> so I don't know if I sent you anything, uh, uh, one of the newer iterations, but um, it's de- definitely, I, I don't think anyone would confuse it with jazz. So anyways, so they didn't like that. That's okay. That happens, you know. And look where you are now. So and, they, were, they were wrong. <laughs> I guess so. But, but when I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I go, that's it. Yeah, that's going to be perfect. This has a home. Totally this does. will this will work there and that's completely what they tuned in on could because i had auditioned with a number of other composers mm-hmm. and it was that thing even though i had done if you're familiar with the movie there's mm-hmm. a scene where the kids first come upon the circus tent discovering it's a spaceship and they get chased out by clowns mm-hmm. and then they escape from the clowns and the clowns march on the um on the town so i did music for that whole thing yeah. And I just couldn't wait till when the clowns march on the town, I'm going to pull out that theme. That's going to like, that's going to define our movie right there. That's going to be like the, uh, the, uh, the, the center stone, you know, mm-hmm. the, the keystone that holds everything together. You know? mm-hmm. So, um, so they, t- they, they totally loved it. They, they would have never expected it. It says, you know, our, we felt that it was looking, you know, silly yeah. and then, you know, doing like, serious kind of orchestral music even though it's done with a synthesizer then doing this like um hard rock thing Mm -hmm. because you know i forgot i don't know the exact date that the word heavy metal i think it was like like maybe around eight like maybe the mid 80s that's what i was using for me a particular type of metal heavy metal was you know was blue oyster cult but then then you heard you know then you know metallica came on and they kind of redefined heavy metal mm-hmm. but in any event so they as non-musical people would say i like that rock thing that guitar thing mm-hmm. so anyway so that's the story of the killer clowns theme so when you begin working on a song what exactly is your process on structuring and like setting a mood to whatever scene you're scoring well if okay are we talking about like like for music film. for a movie yeah for movies yeah okay um well there's a big process before that that's actually mm-hmm. getting chosen to work on a film because usually it's like someone specifically is seeking out someone you know the director is seeking out someone with a particular sound yeah or in in many cases we need someone to do music mm-hmm. you know it's like we need someone to to put up drywall yeah we need a greensman Uh, exactly we need someone to mow the lawn well music is a totally different thing me personally when i have to work with someone creative i review thank god for youtube and instagram and things like that because i've discovered people that man this person has a passion for playing bass this person has yeah. look at them play drums i mean look at them how they they're, they're 
doing synthesis, you know, showing, you know, how they're reconnecting, you know, from their synthesizer going into a cassette deck, into an amplifier. And I go, well, that's really great. I keep note of that. Yeah. So when I want to collaborate with someone or have someone work with me, I've got someone that's like already locked in yeah. know, to that. They're thing. invested. Not like say, gosh, who do I call to play bass guitar? I already know. <laughs> I, there's like dozens of people that are really good that I know. I'm not going to go, you know, to some like um, bass, bass players are us and pick <laughs> someone who's available, you know? Yeah. So, so we go, so we go back to that. So if, you know, you work with someone who says, you know, I like your music. I like the colors that you come up with. Can, or would you be interested in doing my movie or short film or, mm -hmm. or, television show and i said great great and so what we do is um we talk about what we're looking for i like to talk in terms of emotions mm -hmm. you know you know what, what we want to play up and what we want to leave alone and i'll start coming up with some ideas and let you know you know let them see how that works with the scene mm -hmm. once that's established okay that's going to be our sound I'll say that's going to be that's what we're going to go for. That's what mm. that's our sound. Or they'll tell me they'll they'll rattle off the name of a number of movies, and I'll say, well, I okay, I know what you're talking about. That 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 is known as like dark synth, dark synth wave or cinematic synth wave. Yeah, it it require it, it's like synth. You have synthesizers, you have electronica, plus you have some component of. Uh, uh, some kind of sound design or something like that. Whatever it is, you, you, you identify the palette that you're going to be working with. So then once that's established and I, we spot the movie, mm -hmm. we say music definitely goes here. We yeah. have to leave this completely open. Uh, music is going to be good for a transition here. Um, we've picked out source music for here. Like there's a song that we're going to use there, you know, while they're making breakfast or something. Yeah. Then what I do is that those scenes, I have a list of scenes and I go in one by one looking at them very closely. And sometimes I look at the whole film like two or three times. Then I look at the film fast forward yeah. and fast reverse. And then, so now I have like the rhythm of the movie down. So all the uh, events of the movie and their importance mm -hmm. kind of, kind of uh, rest in my mind. Mm -hmm. Then I don't look at the movie. Or the oh, really? don't look at it at all then i just start tinkering uh with my gear looking for some sounds that, that would be this would be good for that this would be good for this mm -hmm. and start making notes and then um literally start writing something like writing a piece that expresses what's going on in a particular scene mm -hmm. because that way it's emotionally organic mm -hmm. i'm not so worried about oh like like at this particular time when there's a scene change i have to just like absolutely have to change keys there right i'm not mm -hmm. that will work itself out you know that that that's like that's that's um, academic mm -hmm. but it's getting the mood of the music down that's so important and a lot of your music, like you were saying, is included in the catalog of the Extreme Music Bleeding Fingers organization that's run mm -hmm. by Hans Zimmer, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. which that's available for music directors and editors to include and use for like all their programs. Mm -hmm. when, when this happens, does a lot of your stuff end up on a major television show without you even knowing it? Yeah, it does. That's weird. Yeah, that's wild. All, all the time. <laughs> and it's amazing how 
they will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll like, like take a centerpiece of something I worked on and that yeah. will become the focus of a, of a trailer. Wow. You know, I'll listen to something and go, oh, that's so familiar. Oh, yes. I remember doing that. And uh, I work under a different n- number of different names as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you look me up, there's only just a few things with my name on it. There's like dozens of things with a bunch of different names. But that's mm-hmm. not important. What's important is the music. I think that uh, what um, what is great about that resource, by the way, I use them as well. Yeah, when of I, course. <laughs> when I have to, when I have to, um, sometimes when I have to, temp up a movie really quick to get it yeah. ready for distribution i use their library as a reference yeah you know, it says this will work this will work and then i'll go in and do my own thing fill in the empty like spots place kind of like a placeholder yeah no for sure um but i know stranger things parks and recreation toy story yes. 3 they all they're all guilty of stealing yeah. right well <laughs> or not really so, stealing but like using your, your stuff <laughs> right well you know um with the case of uh, stranger things they actually called me on that oh really that's cool yeah they asked me there's there's these three things we can't find yeah you know because they were on my new um my new um reimagined album oh which is amazing by the way i says well i got that you know let's let's do it let's get it going it was just very interesting how they used it i think the duffer brothers have a they they want to put in things a variety of visual and sonic clues into their series that yeah. um, is evocative of whatever mood or time period that they're looking at. I'm yeah. going to take a sip of water. You are good. I have tea and water here. Um, yeah. There's so many throwbacks in that show and homages. Mm-hmm. It's always fun just to watch exclusively for that. Even if it was a bad show, I would still watch just for all yeah. the stuff they throw in there. I mean, while we're talking about, things like that i mean uh black mirror is also something i'm very uh i'm very thrilled to watch now i don't get to watch tv all the time yeah but when i do i like it to be something fascinating and interesting i watch a lot of documentaries i like uh, i'm a big fan of youtube thought-provoking stuff yeah there's a youtube channel uh there's a several youtube channels my friends have a youtube channel that's fascinating uh called the grim life collective and oh they're cool i love those guys they (laughs) travel all over the place they go to you know um uh some haunted house in the middle of nowhere they get (laughs) permission to do um like on i think they did um saw the original saw movie that they're the only youtubers to go into the actual building and set really still set up for um for the movie uh then there's like uh, another guy his name is greg ovens um bushcraft okay uh mountain bushcraft it's a it's like i mean it looks like a neanderthal guy this sweet guy who lives in canada showed yeah. you how to survive in the bush like all the things there are to eat and everything. Oh, that's cool and it's just just uh, i just love to have it off at the side and yeah. it's like you know i don't get uh, i don't i used to have mining claims yeah. i used to go out in the middle of nowhere and i miss that being out in uh nature with no one but yourself mm-hmm. you know it's, it's very soothing and then there's another person it's kind of like the grim life collective some that travels around adam the woo uh was that was it adam adam the woo no i, okay. oh, I gotta check that out now that yeah you you'll love that him. <laughs> yeah it's uh a girl named um i don't know what her name is but her okay. her show is called wonder hussy okay. and she travels all through the desert here in the southwest wow. finding 
very you know very odd very hard to get to um uh locations so yeah. i have a a big um uh that's that's one of the things i i amuse myself with I think I think you would absolutely love Adam the Woo based off everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's done. He's actually uh, about to go travel full time again. He used to do videos where he would just go in his van and basically drive across the country. Right. And he's about to go back to doing that again. But he's done filming locations. He's done like every every behind the scenes type of video you can get within like the Disney parks. Right. And then he go, goes and does roadside attractions, uh, you know, abandoned places across mm-hmm. the U.S. Like he, he's pretty much done everything. <laughs> well, so, Chuck, back to Killer Clowns. Yeah, the guy that did the sound design, who's also a very good composer, by the way. Yeah. Um, he, uh, his name is Chuck Serino. Okay. And he had a TV series where he was traveling all over uh, the place with his just you know with his gear and documenting very interesting places that he'd been. Also, he's a big Burning Man guy. So, uh, just when Burning Man was getting up, he was there you know in the early days uh documenting all that so and that was before youtube Mm -hmm. um so when you came into the picture to work on killer clowns you weren't Mm -hmm. just given the job you actually had to audition Mm -hmm. to score the film in fact the movie was already shot and almost completely edited what was the uh you know audition process like well they uh there was a screening at Warner Brothers Studios at one of their screening rooms. Mm-hmm. It's not not that Warner Brothers had anything to do with it. It's just like if you're going to rent, someone got a good deal on a screening room yeah. there. Okay, so we were on the Warner Brothers lot, and there were several composers there. I'm not. Gonna, everyone's been asking me who else auditioned. Well, let's put it this way: a lot of people audition. There's a few people that are was they were a big deal back then and they're a big still a big deal now mm-hmm. and um but i i promise i'd never divulge who they were unless they want to talk about it themselves but mm-hmm. uh, and we're we're all good you know we, we we are comrades in in the business together but in any event so there's at least i would say about 20 composers maybe even more as wow. far as i know um i just found out not too long ago that um Okay, no, I can't say it. <laughs> you can say it. Someone I just went to their concert says, by the way, you know that I auditioned for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I go, no, what scene did you do? And he told me what scene. I go, I said, you picked the wrong scene. That's not a good scene to pick. I what scene you. did he pick? You don't have to say the person. What, what oh, scene? no, I'll, I won't say the person. He, he picked the parade. Oh, like okay. when the, the clowns are vacuuming people up. Yeah. And I said, Okay, well, yeah, that's okay, but that's doesn't establish the story because you don't get to see all the characters. Yeah, you, you picked you picked a scene with like a bunch of transitions. Yeah, a bunch of transitions that like def- okay, we started the movie, you know, yeah. uh, we got the movie rolling, and I don't think anyone else. I think only one other person picked that scene. They were they went in they went deep into the movie, but in any event, so I did one. Uh, it they said you know uh, submit your tapes next week so yeah. i um managed to this is back in the 80s i managed to record it back onto vhs with the audio and even mixed mixed you know balanced out the dialogue with the sound effects so it kind of there's a blend yeah and uh that helped sell it as well 
And so that was a week later. So then I got a call from Stephen Chiaro, the director, says, okay, it looks like we all uh, listened to everything. We did a blind test and unanimously yours is the one that wins. And we wow. really like, and he was telling me all the things that he liked about it that worked, that worked for him. And uh, so that was that. And then, you know, you start signing paperwork and they, they get you on board and, and you have to like, then you have to come up with the results. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, but you're, you're yeah, you make, stoked, you though, make right? a schedule, you find out what's super important, yeah. you know, what you're going to focus a lot of time on what you're going to like, you know, you, you have to divvy out your time. Cause at the end it's got to be finished. It's got to yeah. be finished and it's got to work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I remember toward the end, the big finale scene when the, uh, the big clownzilla comes out and, one of the characters, the the guy that, that was John Allen Nelson, mm -hmm. pulls out his badge and he pops the nose, mm -hmm. and it's the everything blows up. Uh, that night, I was supposed to go to one of the Kyoto brothers. Uh, Charlie Picoro was getting married and he was going to have his big oh, wow. um, um, party, his big bachelor party. Wow. And you had to be somewhere at like seven o'clock because the yeah. bus is going to take you from here to here. And it was like four o'clock and I'm still working on this thing. I go, you know, I'm just, not, I forgot who I called. I go, listen, I'm not going to make it. Well, come back later. What do you mean later? We'll go to, um, come back to the studio because it's going to be an after party. Uh, I see. So uh, when's that going to be? Like midnight, one o'clock. I go, that's perfect <laughs> that give me a plan so so i'm sitting there writing it out and timing it out i go boom now it works so it was done <laughs> like around like 11 30 you know wow. i figured you know i wasn't catching a plane i was going to a party yeah. so i got there around one o'clock and it was a wild party and i i cannot tell you what was going on at that party it was just really a wild party <laughs> but um but so so what i'm saying is that you know i just made sure everything worked right that so like when you watch it years later you don't say to yourself oh my goodness why did i why did the music go so long at that spot or mm -hmm. uh why why did the music come in at a different spot why didn't i do this you know there's no mm -hmm. questions about it i was happy with everything i did mm -hmm. so you have to squeeze that all in to four to six weeks yeah. that includes composing it and back then you often had to rent a recording studio to record at Mm -hmm. so you had everything ha prepared so that when you go to the studio you're just recording you're not like trying to figure out what music to write i mean mm -hmm. people some people do do that because of time constraint they have to like create something on the fly but i i don't like working like that so we i got it done within i think it was in six weeks the whole complete That's process crazy. yeah and every and, song's a banger <laughs> oh thank you thank so you good. i just want to i just want to make sure each one yeah. was like I, because you have to understand in those days um tim burton came out with beetlejuice yeah so i thought this is a new trend in a genre of horror films that are crazy wacky funny and scary yeah so uh, i just want to make sure I, I was part of that you know i i, I uh, composed a worthy score for that new genre i still mm -hmm. think it's a viable genre oh for sure and it, the score just fits so well it's like so fun and energetic and uh i yeah i love like the the galactic globe theater scene too like that that 
music just comes in at the perfect time and you know, oh, pup- thank you. puppet shows going on. Yeah. I just, I think it's fantastic. And, um, you know, we did a live to film concert. Oh, I know. 2018. I, I was, yeah. I was in New York that week. No it was joke. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, the audience was the, the best part of it. Yeah. You know, everyone just like having a blast, you know, wanted to be there so bad. <laughs> we'll do something again. I'm listen, I'm doing something for new year's Eve. Yeah. It's, it's not a live orchestra playing with the film. It's yeah. going to be me doing a metal DJ set interactive with fans and like yeah. it's just like a party atmosphere you know mm-hmm. i'm not going to just sit there and say okay listen to me these new tracks there's there's going to be something going on there's going to be some a lot of interaction that's gonna be cool yeah um so being brought onto the project after the principal photography had wrapped you weren't fortunate mm-hmm. enough, like enough to visit the set or anything no so were you bummed about that are you still bummed <laughs> well it would have been that would have been a lot of fun but that's just the nature of the business yeah because sometimes those you may be called on to do a movie i mean listen there are some movies that while when the skip script gets approved the composer's mm-hmm. picked and they're hoping that the schedule is going to work out such that they're going to be ready at a certain time in a year yeah or like nine months or, or something like that um often someone say oh we shot a movie two years ago finally it's ready you know and i i have i had you know being the con- being the composer you don't get to hear about all the crazy things that happen when you shoot a film because mm-hmm. there's just a million moving parts yeah so there's all sorts of stories that people have on things that work and things that don't work mm-hmm. and oftentimes you're kind of like the uh you're the um counselor you're the shoulder that the director cries on yeah. <laughs> sometimes but that's just the way it is same that's... thing with editors sometimes sometimes they there's an editor that assembles the movie while yeah. it's being shot and sometimes then there's the editor that edits the movie yeah picks it apart yeah <laughs> um it's also funny you did that you started on halloween night right started what started oh, uh, oh yeah the recording session recording yeah. was on halloween uh, start was on a Saturday. That was the first day available clear day where That's I can get a fresh fresh crew to start. It was on Saturday, and it was Halloween. So if it was six weeks, that was like almost till the end of the year, then, right? Pretty close. Yeah, it was like uh, in uh, into Middle the mid mid November. Okay. You know, and uh, once we got everything all tied up, it was the beginning of December when it was all finished and ready to go. That's and crazy. I didn't know. But, you know, nowadays it would like be, well, it's going to show up on Amazon in three weeks. Back then it was like, okay, now the, the optimal time to release it is going to be this, this particular time in May. And that was, a, that was sad because uh, we had uh, two really good reviews mm-hmm. by the LA Weekly and the LA Times. And unfortunately, the movie was only there for three days. Oh. And so by the time people read it and came to the movie theater, it was gone. Yeah, you'll have to go to Seattle. <laughs> All the prints, you know, because sometimes they have a uh, a limited number of prints, so yeah. they'll be showing in certain cities at a certain time. Well, it is crazy though, because nowadays it's it's just getting bigger and bigger. All these years later, it seems every year it gets bigger, and you know, there's haunted houses that are getting made, toys coming to stores. You know, it's just this movie has blown up more in like the last ten years than ever. <laughs> oh yeah, when you figure, you know, Universal Studios. 
went through the trouble of creating an attraction for it, you know, yeah. and a variety of pop-up things. I mean, that's where some of my inspiration came because um, Michael Aiello, who was the creative director of Halloween Horror Nights uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago, uh, he tried to convince them, uh, the powers that be, to do a, 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 like an attraction. And they were like kind of on the fence. And they said, well, what if I just do a scare zone? Test it out. So the scare zone played the music, had the clowns going around, and it was just such a beautiful festive atmosphere. I said, Mm -hmm. this alone right here is a lot of fun. People were having lots of fun. Yeah. Right. And uh, so that's my inspiration for doing this show. I figured play music. People were dancing to my music tracks, (laughs) little kids, adults. Uh, um, you know, Universal Studios did a pretty good job of capturing the colors of the killer clowns uh, costumes and what have you. Yeah. And I just had a blast mm-hmm. hanging out and meeting people, talking to people. And the music was loud. Even I thought it was too loud. <laughs> it was too loud. Yeah. Because I couldn't talk to people. I was screaming at people <laughs> when I'm talking to them. But it, it was just a lot of fun. So that's uh, I want that's I, I you know, the um the live to film concert was supposed to have another reiteration yeah but we had uh, that got stopped because of covid so this is what i'm looking forward to and i was very thrilled that i got a letter of uh compliance from i believe that's what's called maybe i shouldn't say that (laughs) basically a uh uh, a, a letter of permission yeah. from MGM to actually use killer clown spelled with a K mm. and to use the logo yeah. in my um, flyers and stuff like that. Uh, and the uh, publisher of the music was really happy that I was doing something as well. So uh, this would be fun. I tell you the honest truth. I would love to uh, do a tour of this show, this cosplay dance party mm-hmm. At the Clown Hotel in the desert. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. They have a big parking lot. So, you know, people will converge from the tri-state area over there and have a grand old time. And uh, there's some um, toy shop owners that uh, specialize in horror-themed toys. Uh, There's Hellbound Horror and nightmare toys mm-hmm. that i've talked to about doing events so i don't know if we'll do they'll probably see how this goes and maybe mm-hmm. we'll do some kind of thing because there's big parking lots out in las vegas and yeah you know get a big crowd it's all about having fun mm-hmm. that's what it's all about that's what it's all about it's about having fun and giving some something people that people can enjoy an experience that people can enjoy and you've talked in the past about possibly putting that that uh concert on the road right uh you mean the live to film concert yeah like well yeah to do it to do it at 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 a variety of venues yeah i'm in talks with groups of people to like approach uh, because when i did it i did it all myself yeah exactly i I got i had to get the uh the montabon theater in, in, in which is in downtown um in it's like hollywood and uh vine near hollywood and vine um I had to get the permission from MGM and it's like they had never really, now they know me much better than they used to. So I anticipate the process being a little smoother this time. No, that's cool. 
But yeah, it's just crazy because you really appreciated the film for what it was and you knew that it was going to be a golden opportunity and a scoring highlight that could, Mm -hmm. you know, define your career. How wild is it that you were right? (laughs) Yeah, because I just, you know, we all we all love that little movie and as crazy as it was. uh, And, uh, you know, it's kind of loving us back in the form of uh, the audience finally getting a chance in all ages. I mean, there are just little kids yeah. that love the movie and their grandparents mm-hmm. <laughs> that love the movie. And so I, I just feel honored that I've uh, inherited uh, like an extended family of nieces and nephews and, and uh, brothers and sisters that uh, I've become friends with at mm-hmm. the various appearances that I've been at. So I already know, but for those who don't, what kind of equipment did you use to create the score and like what kind of synthesizers? Uh, I, the synthesizers I had at the time. Uh, okay. You, you want brand names and the anything. Model you can give us. Numbers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There is um, Yamaha DX7. Okay. And uh, the DX7 also came in a modular system it was like black box with six modules so Mm -hmm. they were basically the synthesizer without the keyboard so you have you have a module with eight so it had that there's an uh, oberheim obx there was a a jupiter 106 uh kurzweil uh 250 which was piano and a variety of other instruments Mm -hmm. and then there was a sampler at the time really awesome the uh john ross who owned the studio he had a fairlight sampler with a really nice sounding library of that's where he used a lot of whatever percut you know like timpani mm-hmm. and uh or- orchestra piatti you know mm-hmm. and uh, a variety of low brass and some strings like the realistic sounds came from that and all the crazy clown sounds came from the dx7 that i had designed from scratch oh wow yeah so and you, that was you you amped up one of the synths to get the guitar sound right yes i did the the there was a guitar like synth patch yeah uh that was for when the clown is suspended in an invisible car chasing the other guy down oh yeah and so that that guitar league i imagine like a frank zappa wild guitar lead and i i cranked that through an amp and some distortion pedals but funny thing about that is that i tried to get uh, a couple of guitar players that i knew at the time that were they're still big names they still play in all a lot of recording sessions and i tried to get them to play and uh i said i'm not interested it's okay is it the money uh no no it's just it sounds too weird <laughs> the title alone Come sounds on. too too fucking weird yeah i'm not kidding you wow. I, I won't say who they were uh, to my professional <laughs> friends i'll say who that was but i won't say it to them and i wouldn't be surprised if they've completely forgot about the experience of me asking them because they were so busy at the time yeah, you know, I was one of probably dozens and dozens of people asking them to be on recording sessions. And let's face it, if you're a really great musician, you don't want to play so many recording sessions. First of all, you get burned out. Second of all, you might uh, lose focus of certain uh, certain thing. I mean, I know 
musicians that play every day in the studios, just about every day. Oh yeah, and, and they basically read the print. But the, you want to have a level of creativity mm-hmm. in addition to all of that. Like the guy that I had played my um, at my concert, really great um, uh, guitarist, and uh, he said that um, says, you know what, I'm going to listen close to your the movie, and I'm going to get that sound. And he did, you know, for the concert. It was really great. Is some of that equipment like really sought after and astronomically expensive nowadays or some of it is, uh, you know, I don't know what DX sevens go for. I mean, uh, I don't own, um, I don't work with hardware like I used to, uh, because plugins are, have become so very adaptable and so, uh, so good, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I do have them at a friend of mine's studio and he's moving to, uh, um he's moving out to um oh my goodness the 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 famous place where all the country musicians live nashville uh nashville tennessee he's moving to actually to nashville proper and i just told him you you can take my stuff with you oh that's cool (laughs) i'm just not gonna i mean i can't even remember the last time that i had the stuff and hooked it up you know there's certain logistics with having lots of hardware gear Mm-hmm. that are time consuming mm-hmm. and like i said the the um the suite of plugins are so flexible and so easily easily attainable and 100 recall recallable you know yeah. where even even on the dx7 which is programmable you have all your patches you still have to plug it in get a level you know on a uh, you know through a set uh, through a console and all that stuff and mm-hmm. i just you know i've I've had it. <laughs> it's like, I don't have any romance in, in recording on analog tape. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I've, I've dealt with it for a number of number of years and I love recording on a high definition digital. You know, I don't have to worry about tape. I don't have to worry about tape wearing out. I'm, I have a set of, I have a, a mix going that I've been working on for like two weeks. If I was rolling the tape machine that many times, I, I'd wear out the tape, you know, wow. And you hear stories about like uh, big bands like, uh, you know, like Queen. Yeah. They'd be mixing so often they go, wait a minute, we have to stop. We have to record this onto a, a backup. So once we wear this out, we have all our moves down, but mm-hmm. we can use the fresh tape. Yeah. And I think Michael Jackson did that too. Um, uh, the uh, Bruce Sweden was the engineer. And mm-hmm. And once they got everything recorded like they would, they would make a copy. And that's the one they would work on mixing, mm-hmm. getting all the moves down. And then they get the original and put it in. So because there was a physical wow. the tape is physically going by a recording mm-hmm. head constantly. And constant. it generates heat and it wears off microscopic pieces of um, of um, of iron oxide. And after a while, mm-hmm. you know, it just becomes it can, becomes faded. It's just crazy how like how much everything's changed over time. You know, anybody can pretty much record music nowadays. Yeah, there's no excuse. Yeah, not at all. People, people, uh, a lot of people ask me, how do I start recording music? I go, well, you start. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know. But that's probably why music was so much better back then, though, because they put the time into it. A lot of the music that comes out today is just so, so churned and recycled, it feels like. Well, it is. There's there's a certain amount of sameness. Yeah, but uh, what I do, even when I'm working with all this st- really cool stuff, 
I always like to come up with a core idea. Mm-hmm. Like I will do um, like a, a piano demo that yeah. kind of like covers all the bases. Then I can bring in all the colors and fill everything in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about the concept of the music. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. So what was the uh, film's premiere like? It was at uh, in Hollywood. The okay. one that I went to was in Hollywood at the um, at the uh, Egyptian theater. Oh, my favorite! <laughs> and uh, it's so funny because I took it was me, uh, my wife at the time, and a bunch of people, and uh, no one understood it. <laughs> <laughs> it was too bizarre, really? and the movie was relatively the movie theater was relatively full. Yeah. <laughs> And when it was over, I was looking back and there was someone picking up popcorn boxes and stuff. Yeah, you know, well, screw it. You're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, so, hey, listen, not everything is going to be a hit the first time it comes out. No. Yeah. I Even mean, ha- I, Halloween took a few weeks to hit. Are you much of a fan of Star Wars? A little bit. Yeah. OK. I really liked the first three. I just yeah. thought there was just a, such a wonderful charm to them when i saw the first one it's the first time i had seen the movie like three or four times in a row you know within uh, like a week yeah and then when no one was doing anything let's go see that star wars movies because it was so much fun right Mm -hmm. and i shudder to think that uh when they were when george lucas had his director's cut available that it was almost unwatchable it was Mm -hmm. like it was too convoluted and uh, I'm, I'm sure you can look up the story that, uh, uh, according to legend, Steven Spielberg, Brian De Palma, and uh, Martin Scorsese wow. looked at the film. And they go, George, what's going on? This oh, no. Nothing's making sense. And you know the <laughs> crawl at the beginning? Yeah. It was like it went on for five minutes. Oh, no. Well, it always feels like five minutes. What are you going to do? Send out a handout? So Brian De Palma (laughs) rewrote that and got it down to like whatever it is now, you know, short, you know, a few paragraphs. And then uh, they said, just let your wife go through it. His wife is the editor. Just let her go through it and find the story and only have those parts. Now, if he imagined he put his foot down and said, though, it's good, it would probably maybe it wouldn't have made it yeah. i mean probably be a cult favorite because it looks cool with special effects and everything yeah but story-wise people would probably have been lost and i think about that for um the the disney movie uh john carter okay uh i i saw that movie i i said there's something about this movie i like but it, it just lost me at, at several points and a friend of mine uh steve mann he's a uh, uh He's retired now, but he edits movie. He used to edit movies, but primarily he was a, a sound effects editor and, and sound designer. He says, there's a movie in that John Carter that just t- need to take away the stuff that doesn't work and leave the stuff that does work. You yeah. would have had a great movie because the special effects in John Carter were just so epic. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I just loved it. I, now when I think of it, I still can't think, of, I can't figure out how the hell he got to Mars, but that doesn't, you know, <laughs> there. But when I saw it, I'm going, wow, the, if I was a kid watching this, I'd be at the edge of my seat. I'd love this. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But um, uh, anyway, so uh, we got on to editing and concepts and stuff like that. So, you know, you got to keep, pr- you yeah. keep your ideas, you got to keep your ideas solid, music yeah. ideas solid, you know. 
did anybody dress up at the premiere like in the clown outfits no 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 that didn't happen until probably like the 2000s as far oh, as damn. i know <laughs> and people find, and i be quite honest with you i discovered the fandom quite by accident uh, wow. one of the uh production people at the kira brothers said you know it's the 20 she called me she says i was with my wife at the third street promenade we had coffee and she says are you available this saturday and i go sure can you come to monster palooza we have a table there and you can sell things and i said is is that a uh, um is that a swap meet what is that no no it's the 25th anniversary of killer clowns from outer space and you can sign things like what i know people but don't you have things to sign <laughs> like like a rental agreement i don't understand <laughs> i was totally and so i didn't know that like for the past several years before that this is yeah. like you know this is like 2018 2013. 2000, 2013 yeah that yeah. was it um the Kyoto brothers had been touring around you know signing autographs the actors mm-hmm. in the movie had been going around yeah and when i met everyone for the first time i go what is this because like well what do you, don't you go to don't you go to a convention event no what do you do i i do commercials and documentaries and i never thought of this it's crazy and so i'm the wonderful thing about it is that i met a lot of people that really enjoy the movie and love the music so i made a lot of friends uh i did sign a bunch of stuff uh that they had people had posters and i would sign it and some people would go like who are you well he did the music what do you mean (laughs) he did the music that's you know it didn't occur to them there's you know there's suzanne that everyone loves her she's such an adorable wonderful person and they just love talking to her meeting her yeah and uh getting her autograph and getting a chance to have a conversation with her and i think grant was there and obviously the Kyoto brothers so i had to be kind of introduced she would introduce me this is john sorry he did all the music and it's like and the fans would go oh okay and so uh I met this one guy that unfortunately passed away. He just had this crinkly, uh, imaginative sparkle in his eye. And he, he just, uh, we talked for a long time. And he's like one of the people that made me pursue uh, re-recording the music uh, in an orchestral way and yeah. doing the concert. Unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to, mm, to see the sad. thing. But I did it within two, within three years. Wow. Uh, no, within five years, excuse me. Because it took about a year to plan it out and then a year to get the all the legality properly yeah. so that I can and find the right venue. That's the important thing is to get a venue that mm-hmm. worked. Um, I just didn't pick the Montauban Theater out of nowhere. It was, it, it was a very, uh, they're a very uh, community-based uh, theater mm-hmm. that they have, a, 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 they have their own fan base and, and they love movies. And so that took a while, so... When is the uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space concert movie going to be released? Is that going to come to like? Well, I can't. Unfortunately, I can't release that. I think I have to severely edit it down because you can't have a movie of a movie being projected. There's just too many legal issues. Mm -hmm. So I have to maybe re-edit it so that you see musicians play and then you see full screen of the movie and hear. You know, obviously, going to hear an audience. Mm you know uh potentially that is a possibility and then i'm thinking of uh i'm not thinking excuse me i'm doing and i'm going to be doing an enhanced soundtrack 
Oh, cool. For uh, basic, basically, it's as if I was doing the movie today with mm-hmm. synthesizers and samplers of the day of today, mm-hmm. and doing all the metal music the way I originally wanted to do the metal music. That's mm-hmm. going to be the enhanced version. And then I took the original, which is already done, I, the original soundtrack, and remixed it wow. so that it just sounds gorgeous. It sounds mm-hmm. it's the real thing. I haven't changed any of the synthesizer patches or re-edited it. It just sounds really nice now. Mm -hmm. And so we want to do a proper 5.1 mix. And so you'll basically, the goal is to have a DV, uh, a Blu-ray that will have the original, the enhanced, and then the concert. Mm -hmm. So people can switch back and forth, you know? Mm -hmm. No, that whole uh, reimagined album that you released back in 2018 just had like extremely tight performances throughout the whole thing. But mm-hmm. was that like a really like grueling process to recreate? Or are you just like so used to these sounds now that it was just like second nature? No, no, it was, it was, it, what was really great is everything came, became second nature. Yeah. And um, the musicians playing it were all kind of like they're all top, top end, um, you know grade a class you know double a session call people that um were fans of the movie and they're friends of mine (laughs) yeah so So we had a lot of fun so we had a lot of fun (laughs) um do you have any plans on doing any more remote recording sessions i loved watching those like the one that you did with all the people on the screens um oh you know what i should do that you're right those are cool yeah, I all the stuff that I did now, every no one could be available on the same day. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of guys that are, a lot of live musicians are kind of shy mm-hmm. because they don't want people watching them play. Yeah, you know, especially sense. for a session. If you're playing in a concert at a club, it's different than if you're working on a part and getting it right for yeah. a track. You know, and sense. I suppose now that you mentioned it, I could tell the guys, listen, you already played your part take a video of you playing this where you're playing your part yeah and we can put it together splice it all together and i will <laughs> i will do that <laughs> it's awesome um amazon has acquired mgm recently which means the possibility of a sequel or a television series from killer clowns rob space is even more likely now mm-hmm. should we hold our breath or should we just prepare for the inevitable greatness i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i honestly don't know what to tell you uh because there's been so much talk i just know that if we're going to do it it has to be done right we um john nelson uh john allen nelson said to me in an email this movie is so wonderful because we captured lightning in a bottle and Mm -hmm. the way that you capture lightning in a bottle is that you get um like the Kyoto brothers with their crazy imagination and let them run wild a little bit with it, yeah. you know, and that's what made it. Ha- that's what made the first one happen. I don't think you can shoehorn in someone's shoehorn in someone's yeah. second guessing of what an audience would like, or let's combine this. Let's take this aspect of genre horror and that as and like shoehorn it into this one because mm-hmm. it's its own. Uh, Kill Clowns it ha- has its own unique voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to have a bunch of executive heads over telling you guys what to do either. That'd be kind of hard. Well, you know, it'd be great to have someone say, "Listen, we're getting the band back together." Yes, yes. You know, 
you know, but uh, who knows? I, I, I can't predict. Can't, it's hard to predict. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of movies that they never, that there are no sequels to. Yeah, for sure. That people love, you know, mm-hmm. so. And, uh, but yeah, if, if they're going to do it, they should probably not stall any longer. Cause I feel like now is the perfect time. Yes. With everything going on. And uh, with that Chucky show that just came out, you know, mm-hmm. with how well that's doing, I could mm-hmm. see it working. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they, and they, st- I understand they stayed true to the brand. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you have any new killer clowns music already in the can ready to go? I have it right on my, I have a session right up here that I'm just putting the finishing touches. Oh, and wow. what I'm going to be doing on New Year's Eve is, is a bunch of new stuff. Wow. So it's going to have like the same kind of flavor. Yeah. It's the same pieces, but extended. And it's, like I said, it's a metal centric DJ set. That's so awesome. Um, so as most fans of the movie will probably tell you, I grew up with this movie. One of my best friends growing up was absolutely terrified of the film and of mm-hmm. clowns in general. Why do you think people are so fearful of them? Uh, I don't know. I, any, anyone in a mask that you you can't <laughs> you can't really uh, ascertain what their emotions are or what their um, what their intentions are is is frightening. Not you sure. Know? You know the the um, when people would go to the gallows and the executioner would be wearing a, yeah. a black mask. Terrifying. That's almost as terrifying as if they had a clown mask on yeah you know you're not you it's it's just so alien i i remember my parents took me to the circus when i was a kid and it's just weird you're in a tent and it's hot and there's a smell of animal dung and uh cotton candy and ice cream and hot dogs (laughs) and then there's these sweaty horrible smelly clowns with bright colors with little hats and stuff coming around it just doesn't help it help things. I don't no, know when terrible. clowns when I don't know what part of history where kids would see clowns like, oh my gosh, there's a little cl- there's a clown. I want to go see them. <laughs> have them make me laugh. If anyone showed up like that in public, you know, a thousand feet from a they would generate they would generate a nine one one call from a thousand <laughs> feet away from a, a school. You know, that's funny. So so you know you were never were you ever scared of them like yourself like as I a just kid? rather stay clear of them. Just stay clear. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I actually, I grew up going to, you know, Fuddruckers, that like hamburger uh-huh. place. Right. They used right. to have clowns there all the time to like make us balloon animals and stuff. I used to like that. I wasn't scared of them. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. I've seen some people in clown uh, regalia. They're very fascinating. There's uh, there's a guy I know that he his specialty is like uh, something from more of the Renaissance era. Yeah. So it has a, a total different vibe to it you know um like a european um you know the the the, uh, classic european take on the clown um theme Mm -hmm. so you stated in the past that officer mooney's kill and him being controlled like a marionette puppet by the one clown in the jail cell was absolutely appalling Mm-hmm. and it made you feel really grimy that when you first saw it does that uh, scene still bother you to this day yeah i think about the first time i saw it it was really it was really gruesome yeah it was very gruesome the um and because i saw it without any sound very little sound effects and obviously no music yeah it just make it made it look it was just, you were just uncomfortable 
I would love to watch it with no sound. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. I heard you talking about that on one of the podcasts too. Yeah, but no sound and no, but you still hear the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And no, but you don't hear no any, music. Any music. Yeah. 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 I actually have those elements, but I can't give them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty close by. I'll have to come find you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see here. So you were able to get your hands on one of the very hard to find and sought after toy guns from Spirit Halloween this year which in general mm-hmm. hosted a wide, wide array of killer clowns, toys, and costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you manage to get one of them? And did somebody just like hook you up with it? Well, I understood. I heard from the fans that people were just, uh, um, I don't know what you would call them. Uh, um, there were people that were just going in and hoarding all the really cool yeah. popcorn guns, right? Yeah. And selling them on eBay. You know, yeah, so kids them. can't play with a toy because a grown up bought it <laughs> and marked up the price. How now that's evil. That's very evil. So I had the fans say, listen, if you guys can find this, because they sold it online for maybe like a half a day and you yeah. just can't buy them online. And yeah. all my uh, pleas to the um, to the company itself uh, fell on deaf ears. So I just called on the fan base. I go, I will pay pay you to buy one and i will Mm -hmm. pay for the shipping uh i want to be able to sell them at my appearances to benefit a youth orchestra that i support Mm -hmm. and so i i probably got well about 15 of them and i have some left wow uh so i sold them at various a variety of um appearances and what i had a uh, air guitar contest at one screening and i gave it to some lucky kid oh that's cool (laughs) <laughs> yeah i just checked ebay they're like a hundred hundred dollars right now 80 to 100 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm and, sure and, it was probably 30 in the store <laughs> uh, i think it was something around something just below 30 yeah that's funny <laughs> something like that gotta love it and there were other actually there's a figure there's like a some kind of figurine that they had two different figurines that they, if they did a whole set that would be wonderful but they just did two of the characters i think shorty and maybe rudy yeah um but they were really nice i think that's where they dropped the ball they should have done an entire set of that everyone mm-hmm. wants to set yeah Shorty's your favorite clown right they're all my favorite clowns they're all your favorite <laughs> yeah. I, I i feel for each of one of them individually <laughs> Are there any major scoring jobs that fell through that would have been notable in your career? Oh, yes. It was a long time ago. Okay. It was a long time ago. And uh, I, at the time I had a manager and I said, can you call Nicholas Meyer okay. at Paramount Studios? He's doing the last Star Trek. And I've heard, got inside information that they haven't picked the composer yet. And he goes, okay, do you have his number? Yeah, I got the direct number to his office. So my manager his, at the time, his name was Stu Yam, called um, Nicholas and said, you've got to hear, you got to have a meeting with John Lasari. And uh, I go, can I hear something of his? And so they messengered over a tape because there was no email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was no YouTube channels. <laughs> so, uh, so then he called my manager back and he says, okay, I like this. I like this. I did a, I, I did, I did a suite for orchestra and um, Ooh, that's that, uh, he would like, now Nicholas Meyer is a very much a Renaissance man. And mm-hmm. um, uh, he appreciated what I was doing. We had a talk, we had a walk around Paramount studios and we talked, I talked about 
we just talked about everything, you know, and he goes, okay, all right, that's good. That's good. Anyway, so I didn't get the job. Uh, mm. it, it was uh, Cliff Eidelman uh, got the job. He's a very good composer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I saw the score, but you have to understand when I saw the score, it wasn't like I go, oh my God, he sucked. Oh, I yeah, could have yeah. done so much better. <laughs> I appreciated what he would, what he did. Yeah. Mine would have been very different. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, so um, and it was, it's so, so frustrating because right after that, I had done a suite, uh, like a 16 minute suite for orchestra based on my Ray, Ray Bradbury theater theme. Oh, that wow. I think if, but I wrote it, I finally finished it two years later. Had I had something like that for him, I think it would have been an easier decision for him because yeah. that suite was what the kind of music that I would have done mm-hmm. for Undiscovered Country. But, uh, and, and I was a, a, a very big Star Trek fan. I mean, I loved Star Trek as a kid. I, w- I, w- I had never seen a full episode Mm-hmm. of star trek because i used to go to my grandmother's to watch it she had a beautiful color, color tv yeah and my mom just thought the tv series was too weird and really? so i couldn't watch it in the house so i i snuck over to my grandma's house we would watch it i would watch it with my aunt oh that's cool um who is a big sci-fi fan and at a specific time my uncle would come over who was six years older than me and he switched the channel to the mod squad oh no. <laughs> and it's like he just like with such a dick you know we always have somebody like that in our family so so it wasn't until i was in college where i actually saw episodes all the way through you were hooked yeah because in college there was uh they were they were showing them on um you know on um syndicated television yeah all the all the reruns and uh the kids used to we used to get together in the cafeteria to watch star trek at 11 o'clock that was our steady break oh that's amazing so and then after that was the soupy sales show you don't know who that is. Say that again. Su- Subi sales. Soupy sales. Soupy sales. Yeah. When, when I was a kid, there was a kid's show of a guy from Canada. He had puppets <laughs> and stuff. Just really crazy humor. Anyways, they, they, they stuck him on midnight after the Star Trek reruns. And so it was, it was really bizarre. Really bizarre TV. Oh my really God. bizarre TV. So and then after that, you went back to, you know, reading uh, three chapters in your history book and writing a paper for the next day. So yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> so anyway, so that was the, that was the one. It was um, the undiscovered country. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had the Wizard of Speed and Time remastered for a vinyl release. Do you yes. personally think that music sounds better on vinyl? And do you think it gets the listeners attention more? Well, I tell you what, um, I'm so used to listening to um high definition audio yeah uh when i listen to a record i have it has to be on what i call a hi-fi system okay like like you know like the old cabinets yeah. you know they look like a piece of furniture yeah and there's a there's a restaurant in hollywood that they have the they play the music they play records on a really nice console call it a console system yeah they sound wonderful like that if i have to listen to them through my system on earphones yeah i cringe (laughs) i absolutely cringe yeah i have the full setup i got the little console thing yeah that's that's the way to hear it and yeah um there are records that i grew up listening to like we just got a little portable um record player with uh, speakers that I listen to a lot of old records and uh, mm-hmm. I just love the way it sounds mm-hmm. but uh, music that I recorded analog I'm, I know every little snippet 
-hmm. of the music and then i hear it with all the sonic limitations of but but it has a charm of its own yeah of course like i said if i listen to music that if i listen to the wizard speed time on a console i'll i like it and people have Mm -hmm. given me big compliments on it they like the way Mm -hmm. it's mastered and it sounds wonderful on their on their sound system so that you know me personally uh i'd i like to i have to listen to it on a bona fide console system Mm -hmm. fun movie by the way it's on Mm -hmm. youtube full thing (laughs) yeah i try to get mike to uh uh you know uh remaster the um the negative yeah and uh for some reason he's not interested in doing that See, I feel like if that came to Blu-ray right now, I feel like a lot of people would just blind buy it. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, if you know how to get in touch with Mike Chillow, you should express that to him. I will be doing that. As, as hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of people have, yeah. and he hasn't done it, and I don't know what he's waiting for. Uh, yeah. He was very reluctant to do this uh, vinyl. Really? Yeah, because I did a crowdfunding just to pay for the, just to pay for it. And yeah. he felt like, he felt that... Um, well, when you uh, when you're done, when you get all the money and you produce the album, you'll give people their money back, right? Oh God! And I said, well, uh, <laughs> but I'm giving them an album. It's an exchange. Yeah, like people are happy to pay thirty dollars or twenty dollars for an album of something that they want. Yeah. They now have it for the rest of their lives, and they get to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah but will you give their money back? But why? <laughs> they, it's like if I'm gonna. Sell, should when you go buy groceries do you ask for your money back when you after you've eaten the food i mean you know it doesn't make makes no sense he he thought it was like it was like very shifty and uh he he, and and i said well if you go to indiegogo you'll see a lot of entrepreneurs they they raise money for a variety of inventions and Mm -hmm. some people do their films they get their films financed there's some bands oh, that yeah. get their, t- their their tours financed by their fans yeah so basically their fans basically uh, they sell advanced tickets yeah smart so then they can they can book an event and all mm-hmm. the people that contributed they go to the concert yeah you know, they bought they bought their and they're happy because it's something that they help make yeah and they get the perks too like pay a little bit extra meet the band. t-shirts and yeah. all that sort of stuff right right it's all so, very smart sales tactics yeah yeah and so uh, anyway so that was that so he he's he still doesn't quite understand it he thinks there's something shifty going on i had people driving from other states to come pick it up in person because <laughs> they were going to visit me have it signed have a picture taken then go visit mike jetloff i go <laughs> you can tell mike jetloff that you know people want to see him yeah something new that the, the the world needs uh more creative uh output from people like mike but um i don't know you'll have to ask him what he's doing <laughs> damn i mean come on you're you're even in the movie you got the great 80s hair oh gosh you know and how you get to see hollywood you know in the 80s it's awesome in, in rehearsal we pro- you promised you weren't going to discuss that oh i'm sorry <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah that was kind of like the, the big hair the, of those days yeah yeah no it was awesome um but yeah, the music's fantastic too. That's another one just really has that killer clowns energy. So any fans of, of that should, should go check that movie out. It's on YouTube. A lot of fun. Um, very, very good positive message. Um, oh, for sure. Odd, odd political messages in it, but nonetheless, it's fun. I love when the, the uh, one producer lady is like yelling at the guy for not being in like a guild. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I only take yeah. gilded people. 
<laughs> and uh the guy that un- <laughs> sadly the guy that did played all the characters of the unions the various different unions yeah he, he just passed away oh recently yeah no sadly yeah we're losing everybody honestly yeah so but i'm here i'm still healthy you're still around i'm gonna be doing uh keep doing music for quite a while i'm gonna keep listening good <laughs> um so recently, I can't remember if I saw you here, but the new Beverly Cinema, the, the movie theater that Quentin Tarantino owns, they showed yes. a, a really nice 35 millimeter print of Killer mm-hmm. Clowns. This was just, was this September? Yeah, it was. A, it was I think it was September. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, nice like, crowd. Yeah, it was a nice good turnout, crowd. right? Yeah, I, I had a great, if they were going to ask me to address the crowd, I had a great line for them. They should have, honestly. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna say it's Friday, it's 2 p.m. Yeah. You should either be at work or at school. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was almost sold out too. Like even for a 2 p.m. show, it was, there was a lot of people there. Yeah, and there are people that brought their like um Spirit Hollywood toys, Spirit yeah. Halloween oh, toys yeah, for me yeah. to sign. Wow. I'd be sitting down <laughs> eating a hot dog and pot. Oh yeah, hold on, let me sign this for you. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy about that theater. Um, it might have been around that time. Or no, it was in October because I went to see another 2 p.m. show, The Monster uh-huh. Squad. Oh, really? Yeah, they showed that. And dude, if you go if you go there in the middle of the day and you walk in during the previews, mm-hmm. it is so dark in there. You cannot mm-hmm. see a thing. I mean, I walked, no. I walked in there and because it was so sunny outside, the moment you walk into a dark theater like that. Right. I was like about to trip on people. And it was it was a mistake. <laughs> That's sad. So you don't ever want to get there during the previews if you're if you're showing up in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I don't even think they had like the little the little like like lights in the uh, on the ground mm-hmm. along the aisles. I couldn't see anything. Right. Scary. Um, but yeah, and then my buddy Peter showed Killer Clowns back in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from. Oh, really? You're from New York. I'm, I was born in New York. Oh, which part? Uh, well, Manhattan. Okay, so but uh, Buffalo, I love Buffalo. Yeah, we're the sister city. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah, he showed Killer Clowns. I want to say three years ago or something like that, and he was really reluctant to doing it. I had to literally beg him to do it for years. That's crazy. Yeah, good turnout. Good turnout. Yeah, and that's what's so funny is that right when he showed it, it had the biggest turnout he had ever had, and he's had a bunch of sellouts. Like almost everything he shows sells out, but it had the most tickets sold and he had to do like a second screening. Yeah. It wow. was insane. Well, I tell you, if, if anyone wants to invite me to come out uh, to a screening, uh, I'm always available, you know, mm-hmm. um, too bad, you know, too bad. Uh, travel is starting to get restricted again, but that would be, that would be a lot of fun. I've, yeah. I've been invited to a, a number of places. Mostly it's around LA and in Las Vegas and in Northern yeah. California. But, um, I know the Kyoto brothers, they went to a drive-in. They appeared at a drive-in uh, uh, back in the summer. In Was Philadelphia, that the, the in Philadelphia. One? Maybe the in yeah. back in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that was a really good one. Yeah. Up there in Pennsylvania. Um, let's see here. So I got like a handful more like regular questions than I have. This okay. You want to do a lightning round? Well, I have that at the end. Yeah. I have a, I have a okay. speed round and then I have, like some regular questions. Okay, so I like lightning rounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a little, I got that for you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you worked your ass off to pay for your college tuition at UCLA mm-hmm. and you were very involved in your studies. How did you keep yourself motivated with your crazy schedules at the time? I know you were working like, you know, four, 
you, you did like four years of dishwashing mm-hmm. warehouses. Well, the, the, the dishwasher was inside in the in the dorm. It was the cafeteria of the dorm. Each dorm had a cafeteria. Yeah. So you basically just go downstairs and um uh and you know it's just what you did. You know, you I worked during the summer at um um union 76 in san pedro loading trucks and yeah. train cars and uploading and offloading uh, petroleum products of all sorts even asphalt like hot burning asphalt wow and um so i did that every summer for like eight to ten weeks worked yeah. as long as just as i finished school boom i would go over there and it, to me it was kind of a vacation mm-hmm. because i always worked the uh, midnight shifts and I worked everyone's holidays. So I got time and a half and I was getting whatever the, the, the atomic chemical and atomic workers union scale. I was mm-hmm. getting that. So it was probably the day today's equivalent of like 75, 80 bucks an hour, something like wow. that, maybe even a little bit more, especially with the overtime. So I saved all that money up, used it for tuition. I got a, um, a, a scholarship for my tuition uh, from the state from, uh, based on my scholastics. Yeah. And, uh, I had variety, like the sons of Italy, they paid for my books. So I would get a, like a payment voucher and I would buy used books. And so, uh, and I also, the last year I worked at a warehouse and I lived in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you just, you do what you have to do. Cause I didn't want to be the, the, the concept of a student loan mm-hmm. was, um, uh, not everyone did that, you know, I mean, people that were going to go like, let's say into engineering, maybe they got a student loan because they knew right after they finished engineering, they're going to be working for Boeing or something like that, you know, so mm-hmm. they can easily pay it off me. I just didn't want to have any kind of debt at all after school. So yeah, I just wanted to just put, put the work in early yeah. on. I, I have two girls that are going to school and that's cool. I can tell you both of them don't have student loans. They got wow. scholarships and from what I, uh, I pay and their mom pays, we get it, we got it covered. Cause mm-hmm. I, I just think the whole concept of university becoming lending institutions is not good. Mm-hmm. And they, they gouge people nowadays. It's just, it's insane. I tell a lot of kids, Oh, I, I can get this much money <laughs> to go to this university I'm saying, you know, I'd pass on it. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, some of the people that they study, if you're going to study media music, some of the people they study did not go to college. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, not, not to be a little going to college, going to college, going to UCLA was a good experience for me. Yeah. But it was one part of my experience. It wasn't everything. Exactly. You know? Yeah. They're basically starting you off on a learning process that goes your entire life. Yeah. You know, so even someone who's a doctor is constantly studying. Yeah. You know, all comes down to your motivation. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. Um, so next question. Yeah. Was so, that a satisfactory answer? It was fantastic. Yes. I am enthralled. Um, okay. <laughs> so your story of getting almost expelled in university is also fantastic. Do you care mm-hmm. to share? No, because it's an embarrassing story. <laughs> you fell asleep. <laughs> well, I did. I fell asleep. Well, I didn't get sent to the, the um, dean's office. Dean, Dean of music, by the way, I didn't get sent to her office because I fell asleep in class. I got sent because I was, I fell asleep while being admonished (laughs) for falling asleep. Yeah. 
by uh, a history professor. And by the way, she's a very, uh, she wrote, she's just wrote a fascinating book. And, um, but at the time, I, uh, her teaching skills were kind of like, kind of dull. Yeah. So, sorry to be mean. And mm. I just couldn't take it, you know, and I used to just fall asleep. Something about her voice maybe just go to sleep. So I told the yeah. dean that, uh, you know, uh, Professor Irwin's voice is uh, akin to sonic chamomile. Um, <laughs> just put me asleep, and they did not like that. They, I got, they got really upset. With they got me. really mad. Yeah, and uh, they said, "Listen, if you weren't doing like all the concerts you're putting on, and I had just yeah. gotten the Frank Sinatra Award, wow. right? If you didn't have all that stuff going, I would wouldn't even hesitate to um, expel you. Now <sighs> I'd be expelled from the School of Music, but I'd still be able to go." take the other class uh, regular class i had yeah. to petition to get back and the last thing that i th- think i wanted my family to hear is that i got expelled yeah and uh so she goes whatever you do i go and she goes by the way how are you getting even a passing grade in that class and i go oh because i go to professor cole's class he's, yeah, he's interesting <laughs> yeah he's fascinating and he just lets me sit in the back um so um so the information that teaching is basically similar. So mm-hmm. uh, I was able to do that. So, so just listen, just, just have yourself a, um, a big thermos of, of strong coffee and make sure you don't fall asleep. Yeah. Th- teachers just need to be more fun and just kind of, you know, more interactive with students. I feel like there's, there's too many teachers that will just read off a board. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, right. that doesn't get you interested at all. I have a, a friend. Um, he's a microbiologist and, uh, he got his PhD at USC and he does lectures. Uh, he works for uh, a big pharma group and he's doing a lot of really great research in cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I'm fascinated by his talks. He, mm-hmm. he just, he's absolutely captivating because he, he really loves what he does. Mm-hmm. And so when someone really loves what they do and they talk about it, it it's uh, it, they, they have a captive audience. Mm-hmm. So is it true that you paid only $110 for rent in Hollywood back in the day? Actually, it started off at 85. Wow. And it ballooned up to 110. And this was for a very decent, very clean bachelor apartment that had a small bedroom, a small hallway, small kitchen, and a small bathroom. That's crazy. And uh, the um, the um, income to expense ratio was much different. So if you had like a, um, a minimum wage job and you worked every day and maybe you worked a little bit overtime, you worked an extra day here and there, you yeah. could probably make $500 a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a healthy person, a young, healthy man has um, only like a hundred bucks to spend on rent. He's got $400 left over. You can actually have a savings account and a checking account yeah. that actually earns interest. You know, so uh, as long as you kept your expenses down, like especially if you took the bus and the gas wasn't gas was probably like a dollar 20. But I mean, adjusted for inflation, it's about the same as as it is now, you know, like uh, so. Yeah, that's the that's the way it was. It was it wasn't like, you know, it was um, on Willoughby Avenue uh, off of Vine. Yeah. You know, south of Hollywood Boulevard. South of Santa Monica Boulevard. So, you know, it's not the best neighborhood in the world, but it was a decent neighborhood for Got you by. Yeah. a young kid. Yeah. 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 yeah Parking, 
parking was always an issue. <laughs> always. It's never going to stop no, here. That's never stopped. <laughs> yeah. A hundred dollars now only gets you maybe three days. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you have an incredible charity where you provide education for classrooms that don't have music curriculums, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is incredible. How did you get started doing that? Well, um, my uh, wife, Amy, um, introduced me to the, uh, well, the founder of the organization. And he asked yeah. if I want to be on the board. And when he told me about what they were doing, I said, well, yeah, I, I, I want to be part of this. And I thought the best way to raise money is to like do appearances at um um at the, the at the various um uh, horror conventions that i now know about and so the money i get from that a large part of it goes to uh, the school That's so the more so the more times i get booked the more i can uh, raise and mm-hmm. i hope to be able to do things um more you know other parts of the country and internationally i would love to do uh for the love of horror in mm-hmm. um in england yeah that'd be cool um are you a fan of trent Reznor's scoring at all by chance the why would from... you th- why would you think i'm i'm not no why would you think i'm not oh, oh no, and why would you think i'm not oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah i love Fantastic. his scores i love his music yeah. i love his uh a philosophy of creating music yeah, he's amazing um he said you know when it comes to film music he says well we have to figure out what limit what we're going to work with what are yeah. limitations with and we're going to work with those yeah you know what i'm saying it's almost like someone saying okay i'm going to paste create a piece of artwork but i'm only going to use like i'm going to uh, get the charcoal from a burnt stick and a white piece of paper <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm yeah. <clears throat> i'm going to make something happen with that so he talks about that I love his music. I love the <coughs> very um, visceral, uh, emotional aspect of his music. Mm-hmm. Not only the, like the note note compositions that you can just play on a regular piano, yeah. but the colors that he gets. And mm-hmm. um, and I just you know it it's like I, I like that you know knowing of him. I met him once. Oh wow! And but knowing um, how he does things. I kind of take different approaches to what I've done over the years, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so yes, I love, I love, I admire Trent Reznor a great deal. (laughs) Have you ever gotten to see Nine Inch Nails? See them in concert? No, I I wish, I wish I would have. They're, they're still touring. I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. You're going to have to do that. (laughs) It's it's really amazing watching. Excuse me for, as you know, it's very dry. Oh, my lips are chapped more than they've ever been in my life. So it's like I've been drinking water, but it's like like I'm in the middle of the desert. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like I've just like stepped out of an igloo. My my lips are so freaking dry right now. Right. Um, yeah, I love his work on like mid 90s, uh, Mm -hmm. soul, the social network. I mean, just Mm -hmm. everything he puts out has been just fantastic. Um, but yeah, actually, I have a funny story about him. Mm -hmm. I ran into him at a movie. Oh, really? Like, I think right before COVID. Yeah, it was like f- maybe February 2020. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of this movie called The Lodge, which is a fantastic uh-huh. horror movie. Um, and it was awkward because I was going, my friend was going to the bathroom and Trent Reznor walked out of the bathroom. And I didn't know he was in our movie, but he walked out of the bathroom. I'm like, damn, it's Trent Reznor. But my friend had just walked into the bathroom. Did he do the score to that movie? I know, no. 
He just no. wanted to watch a horror movie. Yeah, he was just being That's cool. really cool. Yeah, he's with his girlfriend or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just awkward because my friend walked in and, you know, if I was going to get a picture with him or even if I was going to say hi, I would want my friend there probably just because it was kind of awkward, you know. And, you know, he comes walking out of a bathroom. Like, how do I even say hi to somebody like that? And then so they've relieved themselves. Yeah, it is, it's just kind of <laughs> awkward. It's almost like I would have been waiting for him right. or something. Right. And then but then the most annoying part of the whole thing mm. was I, I kind of peeped my head into the bathroom and I was telling my friend, I'm like, yo, get out here real quick. And he took forever and he finally comes out. Trent Reznor is long gone mm-hmm. and he looks at me and goes, why do you, why do you look like that? Is that because you just saw Trent Reznor walk out of the bathroom? <laughs> I'm like, you knew and you didn't, <laughs> you could have took one second. We could have met this guy. It would have been right. the, cool, the coolest end of the day right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a bummer. But um, so you've done countless convention and event appearances to meet your many fans from around the world. How much do you cherish these moments, you know, where you get to interact with people that support your work? Oh, it, it's it's wonderful. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, often, you know, I didn't realize that there are people can be very, very shy and very, very um, secluded in their emotions. They don't know what to say. Yeah. And I try to make them feel at home. Yeah. You know, uh, asking them certain questions. And, you know, and sometimes people don't get they don't get asked like what they're doing, like what their aspirations are. So I try to like yeah. ask, like, what, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I want to go to school to study to be this. I go, that's fascinating. What, what, what made you pursue that? You know, so it's like it's not often that people get an an add a boy or an add a girl. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um and besides, it does literally fascinate me. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. So, I mean, I met um, I met a girl who she was dressed like someone who'd been in a car accident, right? Mm-hmm. And I asked, well, uh, "May I ask what you do?" She goes, "Yes, I I I pick up, prepare, and transport the deceased." And Ooh. I go, "Wow, what what is that?" I work for a mortuary, and I pick up people who have passed away. Wow. And I go, wow, what, tell me what that's like. And then she's, she says, it's, it's the most um, gratifying work because I'm, I'm the person that takes away the loved one from the house that someone's passed away at the home at their that's house. So hard. Yeah. And it's like, I, and I have a, a chance to make those people full at, full of, uh, feel at ease. And this is someone yeah. who likes killer clowns from outer space. Wow. <laughs> and I think, you know, what they do is far more fascinating than what I do. I hope they pay them well for that kind of work. Well, she says she loves her work. Yeah. And if there's any business that's never going to go out of business, it's the mortuary business. That's that's absolutely true. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they make that magic pill that, you know, will keep us all here forever. Yeah. And then um, (laughs) then there was a a woman who teaches. um, uh, She's a a, she she's a doctor of psychology and she teaches at a university down in San Diego. I won't say which one, no. but uh, <laughs> she just loves horror and she gets dressed up in cosplay and her and I will just start talking about emotional aspects of, yeah. of movies. Like she came dressed as Carrie. Oh, cool. And I and that, this is before I knew she was a psychologist. I go, you know what's terrifying about that movie? The real monsters in the movie were the, the, the girls that were planning her humiliation yeah. that to me was so ugly they're and so, so mean she, in that movie <laughs> yeah and it's like 
she goes oh absolutely so we got to talking about the you know and we we talked about uh why people um they identify with shorty yeah you know the shorty character of killer clowns uh you know and and she she says well i could oh i can go through that movie and pick apart all the psychological aspects uh, of what attracts people to the movie you know besides the creativity the colors and all that stuff but you know i've had people like reveal to me that they identify with shorty and uh they're not going to be put up with being pushed around Mm -hmm. you know they're going to stand up to people or or you know if uh someone insults them they're not going to let them let it bother them you know because they're they're not no one can say anything to change their own opinion of themselves which is very Mm -hmm. powerful so mm-hmm. that's what fascinates me is yeah. the, it's the human it's the human condition yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> and you, you've stated that you believe shorty might be a female you never know you just never know we don't know we don't know the genders of all the clowns yeah they can all be animals <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> um so have you been back to watsonville since the production finished to check out the locations or anything no but i am I would love to do this DJ oh, show in God. Watsonville. I'm coming at, at the at the gazebo in the park. I've been there. I've been there three times in like you the last lucky year, guy. Last year and a half, I've been there like three times. Well, my friends, the Grim Life <laughs> Collective, they've gone there. They did a whole show on yeah, Watsonville. That's yeah. fantastic. Maybe maybe for the 25th anniversary. No, excuse me, the 35th anniversary. Yes, yes. I'll get some kind of tour together. You're right. That's coming <laughs> up. That would be. Uh in a yeah, two, we, uh it's not next 2023 year. 2023 yeah there's when time. did the movie come out again was this like I, I, 80 um 88 88 right. but what was like the month in may i think it was may. the end of may wow yeah. yeah um okay so here we go we got this, this lightning little, round little bullshit speed round that you okay, here we go pretty much answer quickly and it's fun all right favorite movie score of all time Oh God, there is none. There's so many. <laughs> there are so many scores that I just absolutely love. I, I can't answer that question. We're just going to say Titanic. <laughs> no. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. No. Um, favorite killer clown from the film? If you had to pick. Oh, they're all my favorites. It's like my family. It's like saying, I have two daughters. Which is your favorite daughter? My favorite daughter is both of them. Exactly. <laughs> my okay. favorite clown is all of them. <laughs> Guilty pleasure, musician or band? Guilty pleasure, musician or band? Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Juan Torres. Okay. Is my guilty pleasure, and he plays musica romantica. He plays the organ, and he'll play like whatever hits were in the '60s, but he'll play them on organ. And oh wow, like that's a little cool, band, huh? and he plays uh, Mexican folk music, and then he'll play some uh, Herb Albert, Tijuana Brass, and then he'll play like um, "To Dream the Impossible Dream." Oh, that's so you cool! Know, it's it's the music that they sometimes used to play at um, at um, uh, Smorgasbord's. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll 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 tell Alexa, Alexa, play the music of Juan Torres. <laughs> play that music, and we'll have dinner to that. Uh, I still got to get myself an Alexa. Those are those things are hilarious. Uh, grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Does it, does it matter? Uh, gosh, <laughs> we've been I asking like, this every episode. It depends what I'm having it with. <laughs> 
If really? it's with cream cheese on toast, grape jelly. Oh, okay. If it's just uh, toast and butter, strawberry. I see. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite synthesizer? Oh, you know what? Um, I'd have to say, well, the, the X7 I like, but the um, very much, but the Jupiter 4 is a, a favorite of mine. Um, you know, because it's, it's, it's very fun to program. It's very mm-hmm. hands-on. You can just, oh my goodness, I can, they're just right there. The DX7, you got to dig into the program. Yeah. You know, it has a little bit of a, it has a steep learning curve, but you get good results from it. Um, and, and sometimes when it comes to synthesizers, sometimes I just pull up a, a plain sine wave, sawtooth wave, a square wave, and I play something that I really like, mm-hmm. and then I'll process it with like distortion pedals or, or delay or something like that. And yeah. it'll sound like another instrument, or I could sit there for, you know, and like adjust the parameters of the synthesizer. So mm-hmm. I, I like that flexibility of picking like a basic tone mm-hmm. and, and messing with it afterwards. Weirdest fan encounter. Has there ever been a, a weird one? Hold on, hold on. Has there been, I don't know. Ha- Weird as an embarrassing, or is I need to call the police? Ever been stalked? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I've been stalked several times. Yeah, really? That's, that's oh yeah, yeah. Come on, so, uh, uh, not necessarily by fans, but I have been stalked. Oh okay. Uh, fans are too nice and considerate. Yeah. Um, that's so most uh, okay. Well, there was a fan. Uh, there's a family where the youngest boy, uh, the mom is a fan, the dad's a fan, the youngest boy is a fan. And he, they said, they, out of nowhere, they just said, we're, we've, we're, we're in your neighborhood and um, we have a surprise for your birthday. And so the little boy dressed like a killer clown with a balloon. So he said, he says, John, you never, you said you never had a clown come to your birthday. And so here I am. So Uh, I don't know if that's weird, but it was, it was really sweet. So you're able to meet up with them. Yeah, they came and, uh, you know, and I, I couldn't help it. So I made them pasta. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. My favorite food would be uh, like simple pasta dishes, things that can be made very quickly. Okay. Like you put a little bit of olive oil uh, and then maybe even a little bit of butter. You boil up the pasta, you put it in the pot pan, you mix it around until the um, starch from the pasta begins to melt a little bit. It makes a kind yeah. of cream. And then you just rip up a couple of like five or six basil leaves, mix that together, put that in a dish, put freshly grated um, Romano cheese or pe- pecorino cheese or Parmesan. Asiago or something like that. And then yeah. you have these very distinctive layers of flavors and it's something simple. And that's what you doesn't like? T- yeah, it doesn't take, those are my favorite type okay. of things. Something that's quick to put together. There's this uh, restaurant on Fairfax called John and Vinny's. They have this one pasta dish called uh, Spicy Fusilli. Uh huh. Is what it's called, and that's really good. So if you ever get to try that, spicy food. John, what's the name of the place? Uh, John and Vinny's. John J- and Vinny's. J O N John and Vinny's on Fairfax. Are they across the street from Cantor's? Yes. Okay, I've seen that before. I never stopped in there. Yeah. Yeah, they're very check. very popular. Gotta check that out. Um, have you ever gotten a pie to the face? No. No. Okay. But I'm willing to try. We can work on that. Uh, what is your favorite kind of pie? <laughs> Warm, 
fresh blueberry pie. Really? Ooh, that yeah. sounds good. I've had that like once. Yeah. Um, favorite board game. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, it's a game of siege and conquest. Uh, it's kind of, there's a game that game is it was popular the board game is popular in the 70s siege and con- game of siege and con it's kind of like chess but different like you have armies and they would battle each other on a battlefield and you would make moves um i want to let me see here maybe i can look up it's called siege and conquest isn't it no no uh i i'd have to i don't know i have it in my old garage okay i haven't played it in a long time I and I forgot who it was. Feudal. Feudal. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Feudal. Nineteen sixty-seven. I was. I was just about to. Yeah. Feudal. Wow. And uh, and I had. I bought it in the mid seventies. Okay. Wow. It's cool. It came in a big box, and the the game board folds out, and it's like it's a lot of fun. I had hours of fun playing with friends with that. Do you think that would hold up? Uh, today, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. yeah I'll have to try it. I've never never played that one. Um, scariest movie you've ever seen? Hmm. I'd have to say, well, it depends what mood I'm in, what scares me. Um, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> but I will say that I've only seen The Exorcist once. Really? And I was like 18. Okay. And I was so terrified that, you know, it's more the, um, the hideous, uh, merciless treatment of that little girl is what yeah. terrified me. And then uh, the other movie that was pretty much kept me up all night because it reminds me too much of real people in life was The Shining. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because anything that's like, because my grand, I remember my grandmother says, listen, all the monster movies, don't worry. They're, they're not going to bother you. Don't worry about the people coming out of the... Mm-hmm the cemetery because dead people aren't going to bother you it's the people walking outside of the cemetery that are alive yeah <laughs> that no, you've got to worry so those those were so i'd say the shining and and uh, basically basic stuff the shining and um uh the exorcist <clears throat> yeah the shining's terrifying did you know that uh stephen king doesn't like the movie yes i gotta read the book and figure out what they left out so dumb that he doesn't like it yeah, yeah. um but yeah, for me, it's uh, Pet Cemetery and Carrie. So for some reason, those are the only two movies that really bother me when I watch them. Yeah. Like, like if I'm all home alone watching it, yeah, I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> there are parts of Carrie that could actually be true. How, how kids oh, yeah. can be, people can be really cruel to each other and, and be amused by their cruelty. Yeah. You know? and, and like the really Christian parents, like yeah. Pipe, Piper Laurie, that's terrifying yeah. to me. Um. So, favorite song you created for Killer Clowns? Um, I think it's, it's, it's a, like when they, um, believe it or not, it's when the uh, kids first, co- the uh, farmer, it's a comment, they're similar. Okay. When the farmer and the, um, the kids come up to the tent in the forest. Yeah. Because the magic for the movie for me starts when you see that tent because when i first saw the movie my first impression was okay it's a teen movie okay got it. they're buying beer okay <laughs> the song was already in by the way song i thought was really cool i go yeah. okay i get what the movie's going to be in a, about because that because it's a fun song right yeah so this movie's gonna be fun and then uh you know the kids they're making out in their yeah. cars and then all of a sudden 
you see this beautiful uh, vision of this tent. It's not really a tent, it's a spaceship and it's just sitting quietly and innocently in the forest. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I know where they're going with this. So that the music I wrote for those two scenes, the discovery of that thing are my favorite. Yeah. It just puts me in a mood, like such a re relaxing mood. I really, I really liked it. And I played those pieces for my grandmother. Oh wow. Uh, and she thought they were absolutely beautiful. This is so beautiful, John. What what what's what's this about? Well, it's, they discovered this beautiful spaceship in the in the oh, cool. in the forest. Oh my goodness. What's the name of the movie? And I said it's called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. She goes, Oh my God. <laughs> can they Great. change the title <laughs> yeah that's a terrible title why would why would you name a movie with that title so anyway, it, it originally was just killer clowns right no i think that's the I, I'm, I'm not sure you'd have to ask the other brothers i thought I think I, it was killer clowns from outer space okay. i think someone wanted to just call it killer clowns but yeah. no but when you go from outer space you know okay i get it this is gonna be bizarre it's campy yeah 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 um so if you were a killer clown that was able to speak, what would be your catchphrase? Mmm, Bodo. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Uh, let's see here. What, what would be your dream project to work on? Um, I'll be quite honest with you. Yeah. What I'm doing right now for this DJ set. That's really? my dream project. Because I get to make music. Yeah. I get to meet people and I get to interact with people. And that is very they, they cool. not only interact with me, they interact with the music. Yeah. You know. Complete so package. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. And just like doing my live concert of killer clowns, I could say, yeah, it's not so much performing my music. It's performing my music with people that understand the movie and that want uh, their, uh, that connect with the movie on many levels. And it's cool. You do it on your own terms. You're not being held back by any restraints. So that's very right. cool. Right. Um, favorite thing about living in LA? The weather and uh, that my family's here. Least favorite? Uh, parking. Parking. <laughs> uh, cotton candy or popcorn? Good question. I think, I, you know, I'm just going to go for uh, popcorn. Yeah, it's you could eat that with a lot more than cotton candy. Mm -hmm. And what are you most proud of? Oh, I'm most proud of my two daughters. Oh, it's amazing. They, uh, they're quite, uh, they're very brilliant. They're, they've raised the bar. I feel they've raised the bar for me. Uh, I thought, you know, I got to step up my game because <laughs> on their own, they're doing things that are quite incredible. My older daughter is finishing, um, um, Pomona College. Uh, she's uh, studying in. Uh, she's studying uh, international economic, international relations, um, from an e economic standpoint. Oh, that's very you cool. Know, I I have to memorize the exact. Her, you know, she's working on a thesis project, yeah. and uh, my uh, youngest daughter's started at USC, majoring so far, majoring in human biology. Wow. Yeah. Well, they got good careers coming up. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're going to do good. They're going to do very good things. They're very good people. I'm I wanted to go to USC. All. I didn't I didn't get in. <laughs> you know, I went to UCLA. Yeah. And you yeah. know what our 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 motto was at was UCLA? It? I should have went to USC. Was it really? Yeah. I think, you know, I think I should have went to USC. Really? It's like going to Hogwarts. You know, there's such a 
camaraderie, you know, with all that. the schools, they have opening ceremonies at USA is just absolutely awesome. They have all these bands yeah, from all the different schools and all the, the students go that go their separate way. It's really just completely awesome. So, um, and she's loving uh, school there and uh, uh, meeting up. Matter of fact, I'm going to have uh, as dinner guests about like uh, six or seven of her classmates are coming over. Oh, nice tonight. No, no. Uh, later, later this month. Oh, that will be fun. Yeah. So do you have any other last minute plugs, like any other events or appearances coming up or things you're working on? Come to zombie Joe's underground theater mm -hmm. in um, North Hollywood on Lancashire Boulevard. You can look it up, follow me on Instagram. You can Google my name, John Masari, and it will link you to Facebook, all sorts of social media. Um, and uh, I'm responsive to people yeah. who have, uh, you know, uh, I mean, if I can make a request, this would yeah. be really good. When you contact someone that you want to contact, just saying hello or what's up is not a good start. You can <laughs> maybe you have a particular thing you want to know about. Yeah. Or another bad, bad start is like, can I ask a question? <laughs> can you? And so, everyone's able can i ask you a question it's like you know yeah. so if you have something you want to ask me just ask me that thing yeah hi my name is so and so i was wondering did you ever play um an electric bass guitar before which i have by the way and what was your favorite one so that yeah. one i can answer give me a couple of days yeah. so uh let's get to the point i think i've said i'm responsive too much and i get people that keep messaging Don't, you yeah they keep messaging yeah. they, they'll say hi yeah okay some of them just want somebody to talk to <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no i i faced that issue a lot too because you know obviously i, I kind of blind message a lot of people and just you know right. i don't want it sound annoying or right like i'm like i'm trying to get anything out of them like i truly just do this podcast because i like talking about the movies that right. everybody worked on and i just want to promote everyone so that's why i do it well and you know some at some point I've got to learn a little bit more about you. So maybe oh, absolutely. We can, maybe we'll have, uh, maybe if you come to this event, uh, we'll, we'll get together again, maybe have coffee or something like that. And you can yeah, tell, be me fantastic. All about, tell me all about all the crazy, uh, great things you're doing. No, that'd be cool. And actually, uh, I wanted to mention, I think this was a couple of years ago now. Um, but I remember you were, you were asking people to send in guitar auditions or guitar videos of the killer clown March. And yes. I did that. I did you do that. You sent one in? Yeah, yeah. Can you send it again? I can find it, but if I can't, I'll just do it again because I love playing that. Just do it again. I'll just do it again. Yeah. And I, um, I want to figure out some like synth ones to do too because I got a microcord. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I, awesome. I'm always making stuff. So that's great, man. <laughs> be okay. Fun. Uh, where are you? Where can your fans find you? They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on Twitter. I'm always John Masari. Instagram. Uh, Instagram is the, the, the best way yeah. that's John Masari. Yeah. And um, so that's where they find me. Instagram is the best one of all anyway. Yeah. And if you're looking for very interesting collectible stuff, I have some things on eBay. Fantastic. Under Wosatman, W-O-S-A-T-M-A-N. Oh, cool. And is, is, are the toy guns up on there? <laughs> no. You're, you're they're, saving they're, those for New Year's, I hope. There's, yeah. One of them, at least. I will do whatever contest. If there's a pie eating contest, I will do it. <laughs> that 
is, uh, you know, you know what? We got to do that at one of the events. <laughs> I don't think they can do, we can do it. At, they don't have a permit <laughs> to feed people. Yeah. But a pie, that would be good to do at the clown hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Do a contest. That's like eating like cotton candy or something to where people are just puking everywhere. Actually, you, you know, I actually, I think if I was going to do an eating contest, it was like, here's a piece of pie. You have yeah. to eat it in the most interesting way possible. Yeah. You know, cause I have a thing about like just stuffing food and, and wasting food. It's just, it will bug me. But if someone can eat like, like a piece of pie in a very interesting way and yeah. they, get, they get rated on their originality. Maybe that could be not like how much you were able to stuff in, but yeah. how original, you, you know, what, what, you know, someone could like, you know, set themselves up with a, you know, a napkin and like, you know, make gestures or something. I don't know. Maybe they can dress in funny costumes to make it look interesting. Uh, it's an yeah. idea. We don't, don't, don't leave that in the suggestion box. <laughs> No, and I was just thinking of a funny idea it would be if like you had two teams, mm -hmm. like may maybe you have like four or five people on each side and right. there's just endless pies like below at their feet. And right. each, each, you know, there's a person on each side that, you know, they're, they're a team. So right. basically they, they just run back and forth, pieing each other in the face. And, and it, <laughs> you know, it's hard because you got it. You got to do like 10 pies, but you mm -hmm. can't see once you get you know, pied in the face. Right. Right. So it'd be kind of a challenge because you'd have to like wipe it off and you, it would be a race. <laughs> as long as it's something edible, I think it would work. That'd be fun. Yeah. So if lastly, uh, if, if you're going to that new year's thing, is that 11 PM PM showtime, the one to go to, uh, they're all good to go to. They're all yeah. going to be the same show. The 11 PM one will be the countdown yeah. to, uh, new year's Eve. So that'd be probably the, the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to be there. I can't okay. wait. This is going to be fun. Thank you, you so much it. for doing this for me. This was amazing. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and the correct spelling, your, your correct pronunciation of your name yes. is, uh, it's, is, <laughs> I can't wait. Kellen. Kellen? Yes. Yes. Kellen. Okay. Just like Kellen. Ellen with a K. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I always get a lot of weird, you know, Colleen. Colleen no, no, no. Anything. Hilarious. <laughs> Kellen Pembleton. No, 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 no. Kellen no. Pembleton. 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 Yeah. See, I Perfect. pronounced it fr in French. What, what did you say? Pembleton. 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 <laughs> I'm going by that now. I pronounce every single um, vowel. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Vowel. This has been really great, and yeah. we'll we'll hang out in per person, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I'll see you, you soon. It. Bye, Thank everybody. You. Thank you. <laughs> see you later. Bye.
was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Did you see that? Something different. It's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? been knocking him dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? <laughs> Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. Uh oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy.